the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. didn't know by now. My name is Chad, and every single week I'm usually at the, uh, the home operations, but this week I am not. I am presently uh, on the road in the home of the Millville Meteor, Mike Trout, Millville, New Jersey, but never a dull moment. So I have my laptop, will travel, and tonight I am uh, very happy to be joined by a new generation declassified from the illustrious grappler group, grappler number six, joining me to talk about all things new generation video games. Chad, how are you? I am. Uh, I'm happy to be here, man. It's uh, it's been a long time, so I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy to be here. It's great. I mean, if Mike Durban's listening, he's going to kill me for my audio, but I can't help it tonight. You know, with the traveling and having the ability to do it while I'm on the road, so it's a little check mark in the plus column. We can do it, but the audio will uh, will have to make do. So we, you, I will owe you one where you come back when we're on the full plane. We're on the full uh, setup. And we'll have a, a fun time, but I think we're going to have a fun time with tonight's content, too. No, I absolutely agree, and I'll definitely take you up on that. But, yeah, I think we'll have a pretty good time tonight as well. So let's talk about the new generation. Obviously, a hot topic on this show, if you haven't realized it by now. But <laughs> with that being said, uh, what was going on with you during the new generation? What kind of uh, – where were you at in terms of being a fan? Is this an era where you might have tapped out? Is this an era where it didn't really tickle your fancy as a wrestling supporter? Or is it uh, just one of these things like me? You look back on it and go, hey, you know, at the time I liked it. And looking back, it's really not that bad. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't say I look back on it and don't think it's that bad. But, I'll, you know, to be honest, obviously growing up, big wrestling fan, uh, you know, mid-80s mid, mid, mid 80s on, uh, you know, I watched pretty solid probably till around the 92, 93 time. Um, obviously junkie during 87 to, you know, probably 92, 93. So in all honesty, my interest really started to waver around that time frame, um, which I, I think it did for a lot of people, but you know, the, the diesels, um, you know, the, the doinks, uh, a lot of the, you know, crazy, the, the plumber guy, the garbage guy, the, you know, all of these different things. And I'm coming from obviously growing up, being exposed to the, you know, the Hogan's, the Macho Man's, uh, you know, the Demolition, Heart Foundation, Macho Man, you know, and then obviously on the NWO, NWA side, excuse me, you know, your Ric Flair's, your Stings, uh, the Horsemen, uh, you know, Luger, that whole crew, right? So as that was kind of, you know, and obviously different company, but still that whole, that whole time frame, And then obviously early 90s and then getting into that time period, WWE was obviously changing a lot. And, you know, I started getting different interests and my, it just wasn't holding me. It really wasn't. And that was not a time that I looked back to overly fondly, to be honest. Hmm. Um, now I haven't watched, I haven't gone back a ton to watch, but you know, just overall my memories of that, 
not overly grand. Um, you know, we a little bit of an odd time for me, obviously growing up at that at that time and losing kind of interest with some of the guys leaving and then them introducing all these characters. And I was having a hard time jiving with it. Yeah, and that's understandable, absolutely, because I was always the guy who was saying, "Oh, this is good," but it was better back then. Or even in the Attitude Era, I was saying, "Yeah, but I liked it ten years ago." You know, it's more uh, my speed with a lot of those guys you just mentioned. But it's funny looking back at this, you see glimpses of what could have been uh, a pretty good time in the wrestling world, if not for all those guys that you already mentioned, kind of stepping away or getting too old, or maybe Vince McMahon riding them as far as they could go for the WWF, but. During this time, was there anybody on this new generation uh, roster that kind of got your, uh, your, your yourself uh, interested? Or was it looking at it and saying, like, well, the guys that are on top were tag wrestlers, you know, five years ago. It's hard to kind of believe in them as champions. Sure, sure. And I can see that. I mean, for me personally, no. And I'll, I'll, I always loved the Hart Foundation. I always loved the tag team scene. Uh, the Rockers, the Hart Foundation – Whenever, you know, I, I always have fond memories of watching those teams. And I always used to think, man, what if, you know, Bret Hart could just wrestle Shawn Michaels one-on-one? Like, what an incredible mm -hmm. match that would be, right? And obviously, we saw what happened. Survivor Series 92. That was always something I look back on. Obviously, Bret Hart is world champion. Shawn Michaels intercontinental. You know, Shawn Michaels comes in to challenge him. That was, I always look back, that was a great match. I always thought it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and it, you know, Shawn Michaels coming up as that heel, turning heel, you know, coming up with that character, really developing himself and all that. I mean, I always liked Shawn Michaels. I always liked Bret Hart, huge Bret Hart fan. Uh, you know, the Razor Ramones, guys like that. I mean, I enjoyed, obviously, probably not, I guess, in hindsight, not as much as the Hogan's, the Macho Man's and that kind of crew then. Um, but I, I still, I always had something for Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels as far as their in-ring work and, and what they were. Now, what you said, and to the point of that is, well, you know, these are tag team guys, why that's, those guys are on top. And you do look at them a little bit different from that standpoint, but those guys did, you know, a hell of a job and are, you know, obviously two of the best to ever do. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you know, as funny as it is structurally main eventing a ton of shows during that time, you know, <laughs> unbeknownst yeah. to all of us that the, uh, you know, guys like the Hulkster wanted to get out of there at intermission. And if you went to a house show in uh, 88, 89, 1990, 91, you probably saw Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart in the main event because the main event guys were on an intermission. So yeah. uh, if, if so facto main eventers. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, you're right. They talk about that all the time. And a lot of the times the tag matches would go on as a last and all that, but that's also that period, man, there were a lot of great tag teams back then. You know, the yeah. tag team scene was, was, I mean, probably the best it had, had ever been. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's, what's tough. And I try to not go back down the, uh, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the Federation classic rabbit hole, because this could easily be the Federation years declassified because I'd rather go back and watch stuff from the eighties just because I know that, you know, it's going to be off the charts. Good. I know it's going to be something that I would like to enjoy, but with this, it's funny. Every time I go back and look at a different thing, I see something that catches my attention uh, and a lot of the stuff going back to watch television during this era, you know, your Raw Superstars Challenge, you know, Mania, whatever other shows they would have on uh, in the syndication, you know, you start to see the commercials, you start to see the products. And whereas we talked about many times on this show, um, uh, license wise, WWF was not a brand in demand uh, for, you know, action figures, T-shirts, uh, lunchboxes. But one thing they had really, really like down were video games, and we're going to talk about that today 
uh, because the mid nineties was like, my gosh, a kind of a Renaissance, right? For the WWF and the video games, they were on every system. They were in the arcades. And even if you didn't like some of these guys, you were kind of getting to know them through their, uh, <laughs> their video game, eight uh, bit characters. Uh, but what are your memories of some of these video games we're going to talk about today? Oh gosh, you know, and that was what the Super Super Nintendo days back then. I think yeah, you know, yeah, that, Super that Nintendo, time. Sega, you know, uh, uh, Sega CD, regular Nintendo, Game Boy. They all had a wrestling game at some point. Obviously, you know, I I really remember one of the first ones I really remember, which I think is you know a year or two before the new generation time, which was that Super WrestleMania that, yes. that they brought out. Um, and that thing I'll never forget. I had broken ankle. I remember my mom took me over to the Walmart. It was for my birthday and got this game. And I, you know, obviously was home from school, couldn't go to school, couldn't really walk. But this thing to me was, I, I always used Legion of Doom and I always wrestled against <laughs> Sid and the Undertaker, who I kind of had was my own version of the skyscrapers in a, in a sense. Right. So from the, from the NWA time, but I always loved those two on that game. And, um, that, that was, you know, I agree. They, they had some good games back then. Now, obviously moving a little closer to the new generation time, which I think was a little bit more, they had that WrestleMania, the arcade game, which I think you kind of mentioned too. Yes. Um, yes. Which that one had a little bit more of the funkier moves. Uh, you know, or obviously Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart featured a little bit more on that one. Whereas obviously the prior games, we had that prior generation of the, the Hogan's, the Macho Man's you know, uh, the SIDS on the games, things like that. So definitely, obviously, you can see in the artwork and all that, they're definitely moving into a, a different realm with their with their characters. Yeah, Super WrestleMania is kind of early 1992, and I, I always kind of get, get people's gauge on when you feel the new generation started. Uh, we always talk about, you know, is it the, uh, the, it's the tail end of 92 when Bret Hart beats uh, Ric Flair? Is it the launch of Monday Night Raw in January 93? Is it June 93 when uh, Yokozuna pins Hulk Hogan and he's gone from the Federation for good? So there's kind of a fine line. Where do you kind of see that new generation starting? <laughs> that's a, you know, that's a great question. And you make, uh, those are, those are all good points right there. You know, Attitude Era, I, I thought about it. I never really honestly thought a ton about that. I mean, loosely, I think the 92 to 93 time, but what you just said, Bret Hart beating Ric Flair for that belt that signified that did signify a, a new generation of talent, right? Like, yeah. let's give this guy a run. Let's, let's give this tag team guy who's, you know, or was a tag team guy doing it. Okay. At the, you know, mid card kind of ranks as the singles guy, let's give him this run, right? Solid guy, good in ring, decent promo. But then, like you said, too, you move to 93 time where Yokozuna beats Hogan and Hogan's out of the company. That's a pretty big thing, too, for their obviously top star of the last nine, 10 years to be completely gone out of the company as well, permanently for the, you know. So that's obviously that's valid, too. So, I, I you know, I guess loosely I would I would just say overall in that time frame, they were really making that shift. But I guess if I had to choose between those two, I would say probably the Bret Hart beating Ric Flair. I think that kind of more signified the fact that they were going in a different direction. Yeah, I, I, it's hard. I, I kind of lean towards Monday Night Raw being the uh, the, the kickstart. But sure. I think that there's definitely an argument for the Brett victory over Flair just because, oh, my God, it's Ric Flair, you know, beating uh, or losing to Bret Hart kind of out of nowhere. Uh, so that's kind of the uh, the shocker. But 
uh, these video games kind of fall in, in the, the trajectory of all this going on. So the Super WrestleMania comes out in the kind of eh, early to mid-half of 92. It features a lot of the guys, like you said, Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man, LOD, Sid, Undertaker, and, and those powerhouses that we're kind of identifying with the glory days. Um, but the releases that would come after that, the Royal Rumble, Raw, WrestleMania, WrestleMania the Arcade Game, In Your House, these are the ones where they every year pumped out a new video game during this era, seemingly in a time where business is down. But I guess if your core audience is younger kids playing video games, you're kind of hitting the right spot because these kids can play these games all weekend, all night, all, all summer and get to know these wrestlers. And is that part of the video game process? You can learn you know, more about a, a professional wrestler if you play him in a video game? Hundred percent, and yeah, no, ab absolutely. And in, in, in case in point, so I've got all. I've always been a Nintendo guy. I've never been much for you know Sega or any of the other systems. I got most of the Nintendos. So I recently busted out my GameCube, and I've oh, got wow. uh, a Day of Reckoning from like I think two thousand four, and then like two thousand five. There's they, they had like two of them, and apparently I have the first and the second one. So I put in the second one, and I've been playing it with my son, and he's six years old, and. He obviously doesn't watch wrestling. You know, when Seven and I did those AEW reviews, I got him to sit there and watch with me for a little bit. He couldn't even, he, he went away. He couldn't even watch it. And so he's never, I've never really exposed him to wrestling. And when we go up there and play that game, he's absolutely learning these guys. Oh, Chavo. Oh, I'm, I'm Batista. Oh, Undertaker. Oh, I'm going to be this guy, Randy Orton, right? Like, so now he's learning like those guys. So from basically what you're saying, 100%, you know, when you look at all those, the corny, clowny, um, you know, kids characters, right? All of the, the garbage guy and the, you know, all of those guys were really directed, you know, they're all corny, goofy kids characters, right? So it makes sense then from them to parlay into those video games and really push those games hard with the kid-based characters. That's Duke the Dumpster Drossy to you, smart guy. Don't yeah, you ever, don't you. You ever disrespect Duke on these airwaves ever again. My bad, Duke. My bad, Duke. I'm a big <laughs> fan, Duke. Big fan. Yeah, so the Royal Rumble game, you know, being one of the first, you know, that they had that kind of went to the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. Uh, did you have a preference to a system? I was a Super Nintendo guy, but I always did see Sega and be like, eh, you know, uh, it does look pretty good. But Super Nintendo, it sounded better, and I think it kind of played better. Yeah, I honestly, like, my some of my friends had the Sega, you know, so I had, you know, um, exposure to them. But I always preferred, I was always a Nintendo guy. I just always preferred the Nintendo, always had the games. And, uh, yeah, I just didn't enjoy, even in other facets of games, say NBA Jam or this game or that game that I would play on the other system like Sega. I never really dug them as much. There was always a slight difference, and I just preferred the Nintendo platform. Some of the guys in the uh, the Super Nintendo version. Now, there were a few that, that – <laughs> this is another little Easter egg. Sega and Super Nintendo had different rosters. But the two oh. versions share seven wrestlers, Bret Hart, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Randy Savage, Crush, and Lex Luger. The uh, Super Nintendo version also has Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, uh, Yokozuna and Tatanka, where the Genesis version replaces them with Hulk Hogan, IRS, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Rick Martel, and Papa Shango. Interesting. I did not know that. Wow. Okay. That's uh, that Royal Rumble game. I loved playing that game. That game. Yeah, was, that was a good uh, one. 
That was a good one. Yeah, I, I honestly, I dug that game in the, the Royal Rumble mode and whatever. Like that was, that was pretty money. I like that one. So who you? Which roster are you going with? You going with Super Nintendo? You going with Sega? Oh, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> st- I'm gonna stay. What? That's hard right there, but I'm gonna stay loyal with the Super Nintendo. Although that is interesting that they did that uh, on the Sega side of it, as far as bringing back some of the some of the bigger names, or you know, at least Hogan and you know, maybe Taker or something like that. But interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize they did that. So you're going to take those guys over Rick Martell because right off the bat, if I knew Rick Martell was in the Sega version, I would have been telling my my mom, <laughs> hey. We need a new system for Christmas because this uh, this one don't have the model. <laughs> Listen, the arrogance can I'm sure made it very very good and and uh, much better gameplay. But and I like you know I like Rick Martell. And my arrogance can in my room proves that. But yeah, <laughs> I'm still gonna go. Uh, I, I'm still gonna go with the uh, with the Nintendo version. Of it. Okay, all right. So like I said, Super Nintendo and Sega that came out in 1993. In November 1994, they take it a step further. And not only did they replace the pay-per-view model, so no more WrestleMania, no more Royal Rumble, we're going to get a Monday Night Raw-branded game. But this one kind of supersedes just being on a Sega or a Super Nintendo. This is where we start to see a little bit more of the integration of some of the side pieces of uh, video games, you know, your Game Boys, your Game Gears, and all that good stuff. Did you have any of those systems? I was never uh, a handheld guy. Um, okay. Never had a Game Boy. Yeah, never had any of that, honestly. Yeah, I always played the regular consoles. Um, yeah, I've never been a, a portable guy. The uh, the Royal Rumble feature still being there. Four guys in the ring at one time. You could throw them over the rope. You know, you could uh, run back and forth. You could knock out the referee. You could grapple. And a couple signature moves uh, thrown in there where you like, where you trying to, to get that deep with it, or did you just want to beat the guy up as uh, Razor Ramon and finally get your hands on, you know, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think it depends. Um, on those games back then, obviously the gameplay was a little bit more limited. You know, yeah, a couple grapples, a punch, a kick, a basic kick, you know. Honestly, yeah, I, I wasn't trying to be, uh, you know, the, the biggest catch as catch can guy out there. I was probably... <laughs> uh, Throw on some punches, some kicks, a body slam real quick, uh, maybe a, an elbow drop and try and go for that pin. So <laughs> now you grapplers and your theme music, you guys are pretty uh, privy to the uh, to the themes. Uh, what do you think about the old 8-bit WWF theme music? Now they've had this in basically every instance you could possibly go through on this list that I have of video games. They always had a variation of it. Is that something that would be a drawing point for you is to hear the 8-bit theme song of the 123 kid with the complete little smattering of 123 in the uh, old <laughs> Super Nintendo world? I you know, I mean that wasn't the biggest draw for me. Obviously back then playing those it was it was great, you know. It's it's funny how obviously over time, you know, we were we we're looking at a 8-bit game or a 16-bit game, right? And it's like back then it was it was just the be all end all, right? Like, how cool is this? It can't get any better than this. And as each game kind of evolved and then they improved, and it's like now you look back and it's, man, like I don't even want to let my son play half these things because it's just like, no, there's you know, there's way better stuff. But yeah, you know, the the music and things like that. I mean, I dug the music. It was always obviously part of it and and all that. But I was never a big. Uh, I didn't focus a ton on that. I cared more, I guess, the superstars and then just obviously trying to win some matches. Well, if you like the superstars of the new generation era, you got Bret Hart, 
The Undertaker, Yokozuna, Bam Bam Bigelow, Razor Ramon, Lex Luger, Doink, Shawn Michaels, the one, two, three kid, Diesel, Owen Hart, with great addition to the game, Luna Vachon. And one thing I had no freaking clue on until I looked at Wikipedia, the 32X version. So that's a, a Sega Genesis add-on for all you uh, young folks out there. There, there was a feature to get Quang via a code. <laughs> Quang. <laughs> yes. I never That's, knew that. <laughs> I had no idea. And I never would have got that ever if you had, if that was any type of trivia. Uh, Quang, huh? Who was Quang? Quang was... Uh, Quang was Chad Savio Vega. Savio Vega. Okay. Yeah. Most recently talked about on last week's New Generation Declassified when we talked about his debut coming out of the crowd to help save uh, his buddy, Razor Ramon. Uh, Quang made it into a, a game as a 32X feature. So how about that? So if anybody can go on eBay and find a 32X, I'm sure it probably costs like 200 bucks, And uh, you could add it and go get Quang and play as Quang. That's huge, man. That's huge. I bet a bunch of people are going to go do that right now. That's right. And then if you had Game Gear, which is the handheld version of uh, Game Boy for Sega, you get your Bret Hart, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Bam Bam, Yoko, Luger, Diesel, and uh, Macho Man and Crush were exclusives. And it was Macho Man's last WWE video game appearance for 16 years. And, and wasn't he really, I mean, that was the time when he was going out, but he was announcing running, right? Isn't that when they kind of pulled him out of the ring and he was that, just... That is correct. Yeah. Interesting. But they still threw him in there. Well, that's, which is cool. That's all right. I mean, nothing wrong with throwing a few legends in the game. So, and, cool. and November 94, that's when he's gone. That's when he leaves. He leaves just around the end of October, early November. And, uh, you know, obviously he shook us to the core to see him leaving because uh, I couldn't picture him outside of the WWF ring at, up to that point. And, uh, yeah, that was his last video game appearance until the WWE All-Stars Kind of right before oh, okay. he died. Yeah. No, you're right. That was, what, 13, 14 time when he came Yeah, out, wasn't it? right before he died. I think, well, when did he die? 2012? I think, um, 11, 12? Something yeah, like I think so. Yeah. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, so that was maybe, yeah. So, what, 10 or 11 he came back with that video game? Maybe 11? It was, yeah, yeah it was right before he died. That, that's all I remember. Yeah. Um, but, man, that's, you know, that's quite the, uh, it's quite the addition. Now, one little sub-genre of uh, video games here that isn't even on this comprehensive list that I have pulled up is, do you remember Sega CD? I do. Uh, I've never played it, but I, I absolutely remember it. So Sega CD had a game called Rage in the Cage. Have you ever heard of Rage in the Cage? I've heard of, I mean, like the MMA organization that used to run as Rage in the Cage, but I didn't... <laughs> uh, I wasn't aware of anything else. This one actually, this is even taking a step back. This came out December 21st, 1993, exclusively for the Sega CD, which was a little bit ahead of its time. It was in yeah. a, you know, a, a disc format similar to what PlayStation would be a few years later. This game takes it kind of a step further, and I guess for those who had the ability to play on a Sega CD, you got to reap the benefits of this stacked roster, which I'm thinking could have lured a uh, young Grappler 6 back into being a fan had he had the ability to have a Sega CD. Do you want me to hit you with uh, with this roster? I do. And real fast, I'm picturing these Sega CDs like the size of a laser disc. Were they like the size of a no, laser? No, they were basically, I want to say they were, a, a, if they were not the same exact size as a compact disc or like a PlayStation game, they might have been a little bit smaller. Not as small as like a DV camera disc 
but not as big as a laser disc. So let me run down this roster for you here. This is this is pretty unbelievable. We got Randy Savage, the Head Shrinkers, IRS Luger, Razor Ramon, Ted DiBiase, Bam Bam Bigelow, Yokozuna, Shawn Michaels, Rick Martel, the Nasty Boys, the Big Boss Man, Tatanka, Bret Hart, Undertaker, Kamala, Crush, Mr. Perfect. And if you would have included IRS along with the Million Dollar Man, I'd probably go out and buy it right now. <laughs> that's a pretty impressive. That's not a bad roster at all. I mean, that's, that's pretty a, damn good. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent, and I was kidding about the whole IRS deal, but yeah, that's not a bad roster at all. Good old Sega CD, huh? Yeah, Sega CD. You know, not the most popular of consoles, but nonetheless has a stamp in history uh, for sure. Uh, but that's uh, that was actually between uh, Royal Rumble and the Raw video games. And now the next one up is something that you could find in an arcade but it was also made for all the systems. Uh, and this one was uh, kind of ahead of its time because it it was the first wrestling game to be like a Mortal Kombat. And this one you have to, I'd oh. say you have to remember, this is WrestleMania, the arcade game. Yes. What are your thoughts? That was, <laughs> I absolutely remember that. And I, I don't know, like, I always liked, obviously that was a pretty big difference, right? From like you said, the kind of the Mortal Kombat thing. Like, isn't that where they had like the big goofy weapons and stuff that they could use? That, yes. there In WrestleMania, the arcade game, you had the ability to use doinks, uh, you know, uh, mallet. Yes, or yes. Whoopi Cushion okay. or Big, Bam Bam Bigelow shot fire, you know, yeah, things that's like exactly, that. Yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't really kind of dig that type of stuff. I'm not... I'm always more of a traditionalist, you know, as far, I guess, which it's lame as that sounds for video games, but it's like, I just, I want to go in there and wrestle a guy or tag team or whatever. It's like, I don't like all the, like a lot of times those moves were just a bit too much for me and like the weapons and all that. I just, I wasn't the biggest fan of that uh, genre of game. It's really, it's capitalizing on the, the Mortal Kombat uh, yeah. popularity without Big a shadow of a doubt. But one of the things it does is it really shows for the first time the motion capture of a wrestler because this is the first time they actually look like who they are <laughs> and, you know, and how they did this. And this is how everything really evolves. Um, it looked great. It sounded great. It had Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon doing the, uh, the, the commentary it's released on October 18th, 1995, but it's missing one vital superstar. And do you know who that is? 1995, it's missing one vital superstar. One guy who needs to be on this video game in some capacity and is not. Who is it? That's easy. Doink the Clown. <laughs> Doink is there. No, Doink, oh, is, Doink right. is there. Come on. No, the, 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 uh, I will give you the exact uh, rundown of, of who is in this game to include uh, Lex Luger, Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, Doink the Clown, Shawn Michaels, Bam Bam Bigelow, The Undertaker, and Yokozuna. One guy left wait, off wait, wait. with roster. <laughs> Where's Bret Hart? No, Bret Hart was there. I said Bret oh, Hart. you said Bret Hart. Okay, sorry. Bret, Undertaker, Shawn, Razor, Bam Bam, Yoko, Doink, Luger. One guy who was not on this roster is the world champion, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, who was left off of this game during his championship run. What? What? How about that? Wow. What's so? 
interesting. I wonder what. Yeah, the and it's just something that, that there's many a uh, 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 Diesel Kevin Nash uh, shoot interview out there. The one specifically is uh, his kayfabe commentaries timeline, which you can find in its full entirety if you really look hard enough on YouTube, where he discusses this. He is left out of this video game, and he was never really given a reason why he was left out. Now, this is also not just an acclaimed video game who was the real you know, push uh, behind the WWF games. This was also Midway was involved with this one. And... They went with the smaller roster to incorporate more of the flashier stuff, but they leave out Big Daddy Cold Diesel. You got to think your champion's got to be in this video game. Well, 100%. I mean, how could they – could you imagine in the, the early 90s if they just didn't put Hulk Hogan on the roster? You know, Now, granted, let's not act like Diesel was anywhere near, you know, obviously any sort of level of popularity or anyone even caring about him like they were Hulk Hogan. But it's still strange that they're pushing him as the top guy and they wouldn't include him on their main video game. That's bizarre. Yeah, and and this hits the most uh, platforms of any release up to this point. This is released in the arcades. It's released on the 32X. It's released on the PC. It's released on PlayStation for the first time. Uh, The Sega Saturn, the Super Nintendo. Uh, It covers everything, but it just it's missing a guy who for one full year was the world champion when this game was developed. And that's just to me, it's a glaring omission, because if the if the WWF was running on diesel power, the video game division was not. (laughs) So that's a uh, that's a huge, huge swing and a miss. Totally. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. I don't even understand. I can't even understand the mindset behind that. It's like, why would you put the belt on this guy? And, and do that, but then not include him in that. That's, you know, but I guess why would they put the belt on a seven foot guy and then put a Santa cap on him and have him sing Christmas carols? You know, I, <laughs> I, I guess there's a lot of things that weren't making sense back then. Well, you do that because, uh, you know, everybody loves a seven foot uh, giant. That's why. You know, it's one of those things. So now we moved into the PlayStation world. And that's to me where, you know, I kind of, I decided I'm going with the PlayStation route. I thought the games played fantastic. I would, you know, step over my own grandmother to get one at that point. But um, did you like the evolution of how we were starting to see, you know, these 8-bit games turn into these massive uh, concoctions and these uh, what would end up to be what they are? I can't wrap my head around what video games are now. But at this point in 96, this is a whole new world that's opened up to us. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, obviously the evolution of them and the, the increase in the, the, the graphics, the gameplay. I mean, it's, it's amazing how much these systems over the course of time, having perspective on them, have evolved, you know, and um, all of them, all of them, you know, not even just Nintendo or Sega, but everybody that was kind of in the gambit, you know, over the course has really, really evolved and stepped up their game and all that. But um, sorry, I just totally yeah. blinked. No, it's all good. So the final game on our journey here is uh, one that I really did dig a lot. And this one had a lot of video cut-ins. Because then again, as we evolved the technology, we started to see more of the finer things that we'd be getting used to now. Uh, This was In Your House. So now, obviously, In Your House debuts as a pay-per-view in 95. I mean, not necessarily, to me, a marketing, you know, like, blow-you-away event. But nonetheless, becomes a staple of WWF programming. Uh, this game's released on PlayStation October 31st, 1996. And if you go back to when we first started talking about these games from Super WrestleMania in 1992, only four years later, 
Here's your roster. Bret Hart, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, the British Bulldog, Goldust, Ahmed Johnson, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Vader, and the Ultimate Warrior, who was fired prior to the release of this game. Um, it's a huge difference from what we saw in 92. Dramatic but, shift. Yeah, and dramatic only 10 shift. guys. Yeah, that's and, – and you see that evolution of those names that used to start. I mean, they're definitely going in a different direction there too. Um, yeah, that's uh, – I got to admit, I was just a huge Ahmed Johnson fan. Uh, great promo guy, great <laughs> in-ring work. I love the knee pads on the thighs. <laughs> if I played that game, I probably would have played as him every time. But, now, uh, I, I think Warzone is the next one. That's the one uh, with all the infamous Ahmed Johnson cutaways where he's uh, – <laughs> you go watch them in subtitles if you type it in on YouTube. The Warzone, I remember that one. That one I could not stand. The gameplay, the graphics, uh, was not a fan at all of that particular and, – and, and we're getting closer here, right? Like To me, the peak is coming. Obviously, I don't know if we're going to hit that in the show. We do we, not. No, we stopped yeah. it at 96. And you know what I'm talking about. You know what I I'm do. talking about. Yes. And and that is the be-all, end-all, and that's maybe another show for another time. But, I mean, they're 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 making improvements with, obviously, the graphics and, and, and some of that stuff. And that roster, man, that's a big change from even, you know, two years, two, three years earlier with, with those names that you were rattling off. Yeah, you go, you know, you get this in 96, you go back and rent Super WrestleMania the same weekend, and it's like playing a relic. And, and yeah. it's looking back at being like, man, you know, what the heck happened to all these guys? Oh, they're all in WCW. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one of those things where it evolved greatly. But now the other cool thing about In Your House was, again, sticking with the Mortal Kombat style, which was so popular. I mean, every single brand that was out there, you know, the Simpsons, the Justice League, you know, uh, Street Fighter, they all had that same style of Mortal Kombat um, gameplay. But this one, they took you out of the wrestling ring and also gave you uh, locations like the Undertaker's Crypt, Stu Hart's Dungeon, and of course, Shawn Michaels would be in the nightclub. So you got to play <laughs> Shawn Michaels in a nightclub on a heart-shaped bed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have vague memories of, of, of that, but uh, the game, I just, I couldn't handle the gameplay. The gameplay was very, uh, I always thought it was very poor. Uh, one little Easter egg for this is Jeff Jarrett was filmed and was looked to be rumored in this game, but he leaves the WWF, similar to the Ultimate Warrior. But I think the Ultimate Warrior staying in the game is a little bit more of a draw than Jeff Jarrett staying in the game. So Jarrett's gone, Warrior's in. <laughs> J-E-double-F, J-A, yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if he's ever been a draw. Um, and yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'd rather have Ultimate Warrior in any game ever uh, than Jeff Jarrett. One other game that I have to mention that doesn't get a lot of discussion is a Game Boy game. And again, you know, you said you weren't really a handheld guy. I never had this game, but it's just funny because if you didn't know it existed, you really wouldn't know it existed. But it was for the uh, for the Nintendo Game Boy. It was called King of the Ring. Now, we obviously know King of the Ring being the tournament uh, style event that it is and was. Uh, this one, a little different. Uh, actually, no, you know what? It was also released on the uh, the NES, but not in an era where we were buying NES games. November 93, uh, it comes out on the NES. September 93, it comes out on Game Boy. Uh, do you have any recollection of this game existing? Not at, not at all. I uh, Yeah, not at all. I, as you're talking about it there, I'm thinking, like, I couldn't, can't remember a thing about it. 
it's it's got a cool cover. Brett's on the cover. It's got the King of the Ring logo. Uh, but one little interesting thing. So here's the roster. Randy Savage, Bret Hart, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Bam Bam Bigelow, Yokozuna, Mr. Perfect, Lex Luger, and Hulk Hogan. What? Yeah. Hulk Hogan makes it into this game. Uh, again, not the most blow-you-away WWF game release, but nonetheless, it's in the history. It's just not in the main history. you got to go get digging for this one. But the Hulkster makes it into this game after he's gone from the WWF. <laughs> How does and what time, when did this come out? What year? This came out in November 1993. In November of 93. So they and must then, have still had the license. Yeah, for, because, for the holster up to that. Yeah, point. because so he lost King of the Ring and what was it was that June or July? That's June 93. He loses to Yokozuna. He goes on the European tour. Right. Um, yeah. and so then the he's he never had and then right. um Interesting. And then he didn't come till the WCW. That was what, uh, July of 94. Correct. So here, so he had, they had to have had that license. And obviously that was probably their last ditch effort to maybe get anything out of, uh, that name. Yeah. Has to be in the game. So this is also kind of interesting. The game is an LJN game. So as everybody knows, you know, you watch the angry video game nerd and he always kind of shows if it's got an LJN logo and it's on a video game, it's pure shit. Um, and I'm going to just get to think it's going along with that because here it says each of the game's wrestlers possesses the same basic move set consisting of punches, kicks, body slams, suplex, a throw, a drop kick, stomps, elbow drops, and a move off the turnbuckle. There are no signature moves. However, each wrestler varies in speed, strength, and stamina attributes. So you could throw a drop kick as the immortal Hulk Hogan. I mean, that, look, everybody loves games with a bunch of generic wrestlers with all the same movesets. I mean, who doesn't love that? Unique movesets? <laughs> eh, come on, man. Everybody loves a basic punch and a kick, you know? Like, yeah, that's bad, you know? That's bad. And I don't know how that game obviously did for sales or anything like that, but I think they probably learned pretty quickly that you need to have some signature moves and make the guys unique. If you want to laugh, just go look at the gameplay on YouTube. You'll understand why this one is not really uh, regarded as an all-time favorite. I'm sure there's probably somebody out there being like, this was the greatest game ever. That's the game I grew up on. But it looks freaking terrible. And uh, we'll kind of end it on that sour note. So looking back at these games we just mentioned, if you were going to put a leader in the clubhouse, uh, system-wise and game-wise, which one is it? Oh, boy. Most fondly out of everything we've talked about, I would say Super Nintendo and that Royal Rumble game. I, I think looking back on these, that's probably the one I had the most fun with over that kind of course and that generation of games. I would tend to agree. I'm just going to disagree for the sake of an argument. I'll say the Royal Rumble game that came right after it. I just think that one was cooler. It had a little bit more of an expanded roster. And it kind of learned maybe some of the things that Royal Rumble uh, needed. It, they added it. So I, I will go Royal Rumble just for the sake of argument. But I kind of tend to uh, – excuse me. Uh, I would go with Raw, but I tend to agree with you about Royal Rumble. I think that was a great game that kind of set the pace, if you will, for what uh, the wrestling video game would become. I agree. I agree. Wow, um, isn't that great? Everybody agrees at the end. <laughs> what a, what a what a fun lovely happy show all right well before we say goodbye uh please tell everybody listening to new generation declassified live from the hotel here in millville new jersey 
where they can find everything going on in the Grappler universe. Obviously, your show the uh, the, the that I was on a couple weeks ago. I had a great time. I can't wait till I get the invite to come back. Uh, but you guys do a great job, and please uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Well, Chad, I appreciate that. So you guys can uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mark Slayer Six. That's S I X. And uh, yeah, you can check out our podcast. It's the Grappler Gazette. Uh, drops every Tuesday, uh, and you can find it in all your uh, major uh, podcast apps. And uh, last but not least, uh, MarkSlayerMerch.com. We got some uh, new T-shirt designs up there and uh, some pretty cool stuff. That's great. We're going to have to trade uh, shirts. You know, there's uh, there's one perfectly rated shirt out there that we'll uh, we'll definitely have to trade. <laughs> Absolutely. We can definitely. Uh, we We're can too cheap in this world. We just trade and we got a cool shirt. <laughs> I'll trade it. It's like baseball cards and just trade them. We can definitely work that out. That's for sure. But uh, yeah. Chad, man, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me on, man. And uh, I enjoyed coming on. No, absolutely. Well, we'll wrap it up here for uh, this week. If you want to follow me, it's at Chad EMB on Twitter. On Instagram, it's at IB Exclusives. You can head over to my website, IBExclusives.com. We've got some really cool uh, autograph signings listed on there, including a brand new one with Brett the Hitman Hart. This October, got a private signing with uh, Mr. Uh, Hart. So if you got an item you'd like to send in, go on over to ibexclusives.com and uh, show me some love and uh, send me something to get signed. Uh, this website is tmptempire.com. All the webs, all the podcasts under the TMPT umbrella, uh, including our association with the Russo brand and the franchise Shane Douglas, the Triple Threat podcast every single week. And you can also catch me on Francine's Eyes Up Here every single week on Patreon. Uh, we got four episodes waiting for you. So come on over and uh, check out some of the fun. So that's enough out of me. I'm going to go back to the uh, hotel room. I'm going to hook up the uh, the game gear. I'm going to play a little uh, Rage in the Cage. And I'm going to have a great uh, rest of my night in Millville, New Jersey. So for uh, Grappler numero six, this is the Chadster. We will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.